Story 9 of Bumper the White Rabbit and His Friends. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Patty T. Bumper the White Rabbit and His Friends by George Ethelbert Walsh. Story 9. The Truce. That was a great ride across the river on Buster's back. Bobby Gray Squirrel had no difficulty in clinging to the bear's thick wool, for his claws were made to dig into things and hold on. But Bumper felt like a shipwrecked mariner, riding the waves on a cockle shell. Every time Buster pitched forward, or turned his head sideways, or looked up at the sky, Bumper clutched with all four paws at the shaggy head, and felt that he would be dumped into the water to finish the trip alone. It was a balancing act with him that made every moment perilous and uncertain. Now all the other animals and birds who had escaped from the fire were lined upon the shore, and when they saw Buster the bear swimming toward them with Bumper the white rabbit perched on his head and Bobby Gray Squirrel clinging to his back, they stared in amazement, rubbing their eyes and wondering if they were seeing things that were really not so. Then, as the truth of the funny sight dawned on them, they sat up a shout of welcome. The birds whistled, the animals barked or squealed, Killer the snake squirmed and hissed, and Roly-Poly and Pink-Nose lay back and laughed until the tears streamed down their cheeks. Suddenly a loud, harsh, Ha! 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 rose above the din. It was Mr. Crow laughing at the funny picture. The others immediately changed their tune, and the woods rang with laughter. Even Sneaky the Wolf showed his teeth in a grin, and made a noise that sounded like a chuckle and Mr. Fox rolled over and over in convulsions of merriment. Shrike, the butcher bird, screamed with delight, and forgot his grudge against the other birds, and Singer, the mockingbird, began imitating the cries and chuckles of the others, until the forest fairly bubbled with mirthful sounds. Buster didn't quite understand the meaning of it all, but after a while, puffing and panting, he reached the shallow water and began wading ashore. "'Are they laughing at us?' he asked suddenly. It's no laughing matter, he added with a growl. He objected to being made the butt of a joke, although he liked to play jokes on others. They don't mean anything unkind, Buster, Bumper said. They are happy to think you've saved us. Ha! Huh, that's a funny way to show it, snorted Buster. And when he crawled up on dry land and saw Sneaky the Wolf grinning, he cupped him on the ear and added, What do you see that's so funny, Sneaky? I didn't see you saving anybody but your own skin. Sneaky snarled and drew away. I wasn't as thoughtful as you, Buster, he sneered. If I had been, I'd carried over two or three rabbits to eat when I got ashore. But Bobby and Bumper will only make a mouthful for you. You think I saved them to eat them? snapped Buster angrily. Why, certainly, politely replied Sneaky, drawing away from the big paws. What else would you save them for? Bobby and Bumper didn't like the expression on Sneaky's face, and they felt like running and hiding. But they decided Buster was a good enough protector for them, and they remained close by his side. No, Buster saved them for us, remarked Mr. Fox slyly. We ought to thank him for it. Come here, Mr. Fox, and thank me, snarled Buster, turning suddenly. No, thank you, replied Mr. Fox, trotting to a safe distance. I can thank you here just as well. Now that they were all safe on the other side of the river, the old hunting instincts of the bigger animals were returning and the natural timidity of the smaller ones began to show itself. While caught in the fire, a truce had been declared, but they were all safe now. 
Brindley the Lame, Crooked Ears, Pink Nose, and Roly-Poly began calling their families together to hide in the bushes, and Sleepy the Opossum was taking to the nearest tree, and Brownie the Muskrat was hunting for a convenient hole. The birds were also separating according to their clans, the songbirds and thrushes on one side, Dasher the Hawk, Great Horn the Owl, and Baldy the Eagle on the other. Loop the Lynx, who had been resting in the crotch of a tree after his long swim, was crouching and viewing the smaller animals with fierce, hungry eyes. Bumper saw in a glance that war was about to be declared, and all his people without homes or any secret hiding place would become easy prey to their enemies. His soul troubled him. The slaughter might be almost as great as if they had all been caught in the fire. He felt called upon to do something to avert the tragedy. Buster, let me speak to them, he said suddenly, hopping back on the top of the bear's head, where he could look around and see everyone. The sight of the white rabbit on Buster's head once more excited amusement. Mr. Crow started off with his loud, Ha! Ha! and Singer, the mockingbird, repeated it. The others couldn't resist it, and they all began laughing again. Bumper felt pleased at this, for when an animal is laughing, he can't be very dangerous. Smiling and bowing, Bumper finally raised a paw and said, Now that we're safe from the fire, we must begin life again on this side of the river. It's all new to us, and not one of us has a home. Sneaky and Loop and Mr. Fox were very kind to us when we were caught in the fire. Not one of them tried to kill us. We're going to thank them for that. Sleepy the Opossum, Washer the Raccoon, Mr. Beaver, Curly the Skunk, and all the others nodded their heads and expressed their thanks in their different ways. Bumper raised his head and added, Also, we must thank Baldy the Eagle for not attacking the birds, and Dasher the Hawk and Great Horn the Owl. Instead of attacking us, Baldy actually gave us warning of the fire and in that way helped us. Baldy looked a little pleased at this and nodded his head. Great Horn ruffled his feathers in pride and blinked hard at the sun. Bumper saw that his flattery had a good effect, and while they were still in a pleasant mood, he made haste to propose his plan. Now I'm sure they're going to give us another chance, he went on. None of us has a home, and it will take several days for all of us to make new ones. Baldy wants to find a new one for his mate, and Loop is anxious to please Mrs. Loop, who is waiting for him. Now why not declare a truce for two days until we can all get settled again on this side of the river? Isn't that fair? Sneaky and Mr. Fox looked a little uncertain, but Mrs. Loop the Lynx settled it for her lord and husband. Yes, she said, that's fair. Come on, Loop, and help me find a new home. Baldy's mate, who was a little cross at being driven away from her nest on Bald Mountain, was equally anxious to begin housekeeping in their new place. She whispered a word or two, and Baldy flapped his wings, and the two flew away together. How about you, Sneaky and Mr. Fox, growled Buster, turning to these two. Are you going to live up to the truce? Why, er, stammered Mr. Fox. If you don't, interrupted Buster, I'll make you. To tell you the truth, I'd like a few boxing lessons with you and Sneaky. Yes, yes, of course we agree, replied Mr. Fox and Sneaky hurriedly. Then the meeting is over, declared Buster. Now everyone trot away and begin house hunting. Is that right, Bumper? Yes, Buster, replied the white rabbit, climbing down. And if you ever need a friend... Don't forget that Bobby and I owe our lives to you. We can never thank you enough. Oh, that's all right, grinned Buster as he lumbered away. So the meeting was ended, and the animals and birds began to separate. How they found new homes in the woods, and the adventures that befell them, will be told in the next story. 
end of story nine.